Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. For months, the Securities and Exchange Commission has debated what to do with its groundbreaking yet contentious climate risk disclosure rule. That rule, which was proposed almost a year ago, was received well by climate activists and progressive Democrats since it broadly aims to make corporate America disclose its carbon footprint. But the rule has also faced significant pushback from businesses, their trade groups, and Republican lawmakers. And now, SEC Chair Gary Gensler is considering scaling back the rule because of the significant legal backlash it may face if approved. So today, Politico's Declan Hardy on why the rule might be scaled back, the potential legal backlash if the SEC approves it as is, and the likely green backlash if it doesn't. It's Wednesday, February 8th. So the SEC is pursuing its climate risk disclosure proposal, which it proposed in early 2022, in an answer to years of calls from the investment community to get more information around corporate America's climate footprints. And and the idea is essentially that investors believe this is information that is material and paramount to their investment decisions today. I mean, for instance, think about a real estate company that has buildings on the shoreline of Florida, for instance. I mean, you have to understand that with climate change and with increased hurricanes and flooding, that that changes that business's outlook, for instance. So these are decisions and information and data points that investors have been calling for for years. And the SEC is trying to finally answer that with this proposal. Right. And you're reporting that SEC chair Gary Gensler is considering scaling back the rule as he works to finalize it after lobbying from corporate America and criticism from Republicans. So what's his primary concern? So the main concern here is that no matter what shape the rule ends up taking in its final stage, corporate America is bound to challenge this in the courts. And we've already heard from several large business interest groups like the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and the National Association of Manufacturers that they're considering lawsuits. State attorneys general from West Virginia, for instance, have really hammered this home that they're planning to sue over it should it be finalized. And so the SEC has begun to consider whether to scale back the rule and specifically one core element of it, which is scope three emissions, which of course are those coming from a company's suppliers as well as its customers. Now, officials at the SEC have stressed to you that no decision has been made yet. So what sort of backlash should they potentially face if they do end up substantially limiting the regulation, given that scope three emissions do represent the vast majority of company emissions? Well, the biggest source of backlash would come from the progressive community as well as the very investors who are calling for this. I mean, there's an argument out there that if you remove scope three or if you significantly water it down, you make the rule toothless in some respects. And so the question is what the SEC winds up doing about scope three. If it tailors it around the edges, and there are already significant amount of caveats around the rule, for instance, scope three would only apply to certain large public companies that deem it to be material to their financial statements or have set out net zero emission targets or other greenhouse gas emission related targets. There's also safe harbors already implemented in the rule and SEC Chair Gary Gensler has already talked about the idea that they're not actually asking companies to go through their supply chains and record each individual supplier's 
use of gas on a given day. They're asking for estimates. Nonetheless, if they do water this down substantially or in the most drastic decision ultimately take out scope three, there's likely to be a significant backlash from the progressive community, from environmental activists and from those very investors who have been calling for these type of disclosures for years. And so what do legal scholars you spoke with say about the scope of the SEC's power to regulate corporate disclosures in this way? Over the roughly year since the proposal has come out, there's been a lot of comments from legal scholars, from former SEC officials, from academia, talking about the fact that this is squarely within the SEC's remit to regulate corporate disclosures, that this is information that investors want and need today. The issue is, nonetheless, the courts have been moving more and more to rein in the so-called administrative state. We obviously saw last summer the Supreme Court rule in favor of West Virginia in a case called West Virginia EPA. And so conservatives, business groups, and others have all latched onto that argument and started to raise a similar question with the SEC as it looks to introduce this climate risk disclosure proposal. Now, the legal scholars I spoke with seem to indicate that they do believe that this is still squarely within the SEC's authorities, but there is still a question of whether or not the courts would look to change years of precedent, which is something that we've seen become more and more common over the years. Also, the International Energy Agency said today that renewable energy and nuclear power will supply most of the new electricity to meet increasing global demand through 2025. IEA's forecast said renewable energy will comprise 35% of the global generation mix by 2025, up from 29% last year, which will help slow a recent trend of rising carbon emissions. However, the IEA says that while more zero-emission sources joining the grid will help, carbon emissions had already hit an all-time high for the power sector last year. Remember, many nations are trying to achieve net-zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050 to keep global temperatures from rising 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial revolution levels, a point at which climate change could make entire areas of the world unlivable. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. Chevron is developing renewable diesel made with biofeedstock that can help reduce the life cycle carbon emissions of heavy-duty transport fuels today. Learn more at chevron.com.